Welcome to the Life and Times podcast with your host Lloyd Phillips. This is a podcast that's put on for the people, by the people, of the people. I, to be honest, I think I'm the only people. It's all. It's really just going to be me, probably, and uh, occasionally maybe some other people, but. Welcome back to another episode of Life and Times Podcast. I'm your host, Lloyd Phillips. And uh, we'll get right back to the show after a word from our sponsors. Today's show sponsors are Boxing Bear Print Company. You can reach them at BoxingBear.com. It's an independent art studio established in 2011, and they have all your art needs. So, if you really love alternative art prints... I would go check out Boxing Bear Print Company at BoxingBear.com, BoxingBear.com, get to them now.com. And the next sponsor is the Cookie Barn Waco.com. They're actually called the Cookie Barn, but that's where you can reach them at the Cookie Barn Waco.com. They're an online cookie company and they have a pickup location and they deliver locally in the Waco, Texas area, but they also ship nationwide. So order for birthdays, anniversaries, reunions, showers, or for any occasion, just enjoy them yourself. Uh, They also specialize in company client relations and they have discount pricing. So let your clients know that you're thinking about them and that you appreciate their business. Also with every purchase, You'll be satisfied knowing that you're supporting an amazing nonprofit organization that helps foster and adoptive families. So every portion, uh, a portion of every purchase goes towards e1a.org. Encourage one another. e1a.org. Thecookiebarnwaco.com. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, listen, this week was a, a different one. Um, I, I'm starting to think during the holidays, when you're in the podcast world, during the holidays, nobody really listens on the holiday, and why would they? I mean, I was in a pool uh, for the previous three days, and um, knowing full well nobody was going to listen Monday morning. Now I stretched it out a little, little deep here, so sorry for for this uh, coming out late. But you know, interesting time. I did go down to my uh, my in laws' house, brother and sister in laws' house, uh, in Sour Lake, Texas. I don't know if anybody's ever ventured that way. In that world full of excitement. Uh, by the way, it was a really fun time. It was, it was really awesome to spend time with the family that, that you don't see, though I spent time with them two weeks previous. That's when I was trapped in Lake Charles, by the way. So uh, it's, it's interesting. But it's a, weird, it's a weird thing being down there. You know, going down there, I see I got a, a couple of other friends there, and they go to, like, lakes and rivers, just like people do all over the country. The only difference is there. Um there's alligators in the water. Like alligators exist down there. Like it's their habitat. And I got to be honest, any person that goes into the water down there, I mean, it's like you're playing with your life. You know, uh, I know there's sharks in the ocean. 
I know that. But uh, it's the ocean. So let's say, hey, would you go get in that lake? The lake's full of sharks, though. Would you get in the lake? And I would say no. Well, the ocean's vast. So, you know, they got to creep up on me. The lake's not that big. The river's not that big. There's alligators out there. It's crazy talk. I, I mean, honestly, as a grown adult, I still, uh, I wouldn't, there's no way I would do it. You know, the last episode, I talked about the creek. Well, there's no alligators where I'm from. If there were, I, I don't, well, at least there the creek's clear. But if it's murky water, I'm not doing it. So I went to go visit my buddy's house, and he always goes to the to the river. And um, and his little kid, his little girl's out there. And to be honest, uh, she's seven. And I said, Shane, do you, go, do you go sledding? Do you go tubing out there? And he's like, oh, yeah, we go all the time. And I'm like, bro, are there not alligators there? He's like, and the daughter heard me, the seven-year-old. She's like, yeah, but there's only two, and they're really small, right, Dad? So, so I look at my buddy Shane. I'm like, Shane, there's you. You only got two in that whole river. He's like, Oh yeah, and they're small. I'm like, Okay. (laughs) Oh, what a scam he told his daughter. Uh, So it's like she's cool with it because apparently if she gets slung off, there's no gator near her. There's only two, and they're small. You'd see them coming. I believe that's the kind of thing he tells. (laughs) He tells her. Listen, man, I'm just telling you. I've been in a lot of a long time ago. I did this pipeline job. And it was, uh, I was in Gramercy, Louisiana, and the job was in the swamps. And they had this, the swamp buggy is what they call it. And uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's got tracks, you know, like uh, <laughs> for people's visual that don't know what I'm talking about. It's like an army tank, right? It's got tracks. And then the top half, uh, it floats-ish, you know. Uh, I'm not sure how well it floats. I don't know if the tracks are what's making it go. I don't know, right? But you're rolling through the swamps. And while you're rolling through the swamps, um, you see all kinds of things. You, you see snakes, poisonous snakes, non-poisonous snakes. Snakes are everywhere. And you see gators. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, the first time I saw a gator and a snake, I saw a gator with a snake in its mouth. And that's a fact. That's what I, and something else that was very confusing for me to, to be in the swamps were raccoons. Raccoons were out there in the, in the swamps. And I just thought, like, man, which one of you raccoons would swim out in the gators and snakes, what are you what are you getting out there? I mean, listen, the only thing I know uh, raccoons are attracted to, at least this is what I think in my life, the only thing I know they're attracted to is like shiny foil stuff. You guys have heard that before in your lives? I mean, that's what I heard growing up, that raccoons were attracted to shiny foil things. Listen, there's no shiny foil things in the swamp. There's nothing but alligators out there ready to take your leg off anyway. So you'd roll in the swamp buggy. And then they got those cypress trees, and they would cut cypress trees down. Well, you can't see the cypress trees because you're in the swamp. So you'd take that swamp buggy, and you'd be cruising out across the swamp, and then you'd randomly come up on a cypress stump. Well, that thing would shoot over like it was going to flip over backwards. I mean, it would completely nose up in the air, like the, the front end of the vehicle would nose up. Like I would face the clouds. And then it would slam back down, scared to death like it was going to flip over. For one, it was going to flip over on me in a swamp. And uh, two, there were gators in there. I mean, that, that's just a, that's a thought. That's a real thing. So anyway, so people, that's just things people do. My in-laws, they have a gator in their backyard. Like it, two of them. And so they, they drive the, they're side by side. And, uh. They drive it out there with whatever food, whatever scraps they have, 
Like when I was a kid, my mom would make me throw the scraps uh, in the field behind my house. Well, here they throw it behind their house, but they actually take it to the pond so and uh, they feed it to the gators, which, you know, come to think of it, feeding your gator table scraps, wouldn't that amount to some overweight? You probably got some diabetic uh, gators out there. I never thought about that till right now, but that's what they do with it. So anyway, right? It's it's water time of season, and that's where we went. We were in the pool, uh, but this the gator things really got me nervous. Uh, I didn't think it was going to get in the pool. I didn't think anything like that. But they're there. It's like any standing body of water. <laughs> I think you could. I think you could get it. Now I say all that though to to say this because I I do have a real fear of of alligators if you can't see where they're coming from like that's a real fear but i went to this place called gator country and i didn't go this this trip but it's pretty close to to where they live there and um at gator country was the first time i i don't know what do you what do you call it am i promoting this place no not really but you have like a an up close experience with with alligators all kinds i don't know how many they have hundred. 150 I, I people relocate them there you know it's like a, it's alligator sanctuary i believe that's what it is and there's big al which as i heard first or second largest gator well i don't know how this became a gator show but uh anyway so big al's there and so you lay eyes on big al and he's a monster but that's the first time i held an alligator uh not big al big al's like 14 foot long but at that place was the first time I held an alligator. It was a seven-foot alligator. Now, if you're not familiar with those, it sounds really large. But I swear the tail's like four and a half foot. So, like, a seven-foot alligator, its torso, it's like a baby. That's how I felt. So, that's the first time I ever held an alligator. And it made me feel a little less um, scared if somebody were to say there's a six-foot alligator in in the swamp or uh, in a pond. You know, I'd have probably had a little less fear. Listen, let me tell you where this fear comes from. First of all, I did those jobs, uh, and I would see those alligators. And then I went to Gator Country, right, and I held that one, and a little less fear there. But listen, you don't know. Some, some animals run. Snakes typically will run from you. Rattlesnake will coil up, I guess, right, if, they're, if they are in fear of you. But, uh, but for the most part, they'll slither away. Uh, listen, I, I was golfing. And I'm, I'm going to say names just in case anybody's ever been to this place, but I'm golfing in Senton, Texas. Uh, it's not a fine golf course at all, but this is where I'm at. And so I'm, I'm riding with my, with my brother-in-law and we're approaching the next hole and this next hole, um, it's a par three, if you know anything about golf. So it's a par three and there's a pond. Um, I believe it's hole three to be honest, but, but there's, it's a par three and there's a pond there. So as we're pulling up, I see what looks like a log, and and as we're getting closer to what I think is a log, um, I start to see that it's not a log, but it's an alligator, and it's not it's not a big one. Maybe like I just told you, the, maybe it's like a seven footer, eight footer, six to eight foot, somewhere in there. So as we're approaching, uh, it comes up out of the water, and we're getting closer, and it gets closer or it, it, it's coming out of the water more. So we get a little closer, it comes out of the water more. 
Uh, it halfway starts to open its mouth. We get closer. That thing runs up and puts its head in the golf cart. And to be honest, my brother-in-law kept driving. There's no way we're still, I jumped up in his lap. That's a true story. And at that time, uh, I didn't know him that long. I mean, we, I'd say we were buddies at that point, but I didn't know him forever. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I hopped up in his lap. Like I was hugging him. That thing came in the cart. I mean, listen, right there, that, that story right there is what sets with me every time I get around um, water uh, down south where I know gators live, by the way. For that story alone is why you just heard 12 minutes of gator stories on this thing. I and they're out there, I keep saying sledding. They're not sledding. It's not, it's not winter. Uh, they're out there tubing, intertubing, um, on that water I, I just there's no way i would do it and as a matter of fact in beaumont that water's like brackish water so you literally got gators and sharks in the same water not doing it there's no way and and it's not clear at all it's not even clean water uh now side note side note about that because i, I started off with saying i went to my animals that was fun the family time was fun that was a good time. Uh, you know, you can't replace those times. It's fun. We literally, we didn't even do anything. Uh, my my brother-in-law, sister-in-law, they're, they're opening uh, a little local bar um, where they live in Sour Lake. So outside of going to look at this establishment that's not open yet, but actually at the time of this podcast, I think it opens in like four days, but... Um, just to check it out. Other than that, we didn't even, we never left the house. I went to go see my buddy. That's not true. Left two times. Went to go look at their new local establishment and I went to go say hi to my friend. Um, that was it. But I was only at my friend's house like three minutes. So, Chris, if you hear that, don't get your feelings hurt. Uh, we, we literally left the house for just that only two, those two times. And that was fun. Like, there's a lot of things. But, you got to create things like as, as an adult, like you sat in the pool and we hung out, uh, but they had these, these blow up, these pool blow up toys. And, uh, one was pretty big. It was a gigantic unicorn. And so it was like a massive unicorn. Uh, I don't know how to describe it, but it was about a four foot tall from floor to top of the head unicorn. And then it, it's back sloped downward. So, and it had handles on the side, which you were supposed to ride it. But to be honest, the only person I even saw get on the thing without flipping it over, uh, was my daughter who weighed about 50 pounds. And then my other daughter who weighed about 60 pounds. That's it. Like those are the only two people. And if the weights are off, it's fine. It's not close. Uh, the point is, is like when the adults are like, okay, here's the competition. Let's jump off this diving board and let's see who can tame this pony. I believe that's how I worded it. Uh, nobody could do it. Like you couldn't do it. It is, uh, Every time you jump, it would just fly out from under your... Basically, when your body weight shifts in your life and you might be a little top-heavy, there's no way nobody could tame it. Uh, like 30 times we tried this. It was a great game. And, uh, you know, here's a self-esteem, a self-esteem buster. Uh, uh, I said I tamed the pony. It's what I told people. Because I jumped off... In this fun pool game we just invented, I jumped off onto the pony's back... <laughs> and the uh the pool pony exploded that's what happened it bl it blew up i officially tamed the pony but the game was over 
Uh, you know, really? That's like, that's what we did. What's funny is like, we didn't like do much more. We just hung out as a family. Uh, the, uh, my brother-in-law cooked. It was great. Uh, I, I loaned him my, my famous recipes. I'm like, hey, you should try this, you know, because I'm real good at cooking. I'm like, hey, uh, you should try these recipes. And he did. It was great. The food was uh, amazing. Anyway, um, sorry for, that's what I did. Not sorry for anything. I always apologize for stuff like people actually care. If you're listening to the show, you don't really care what I ramble on about, especially listen every week. But uh, it's great times. The trip down there was great. And then on the way back, we stopped in a town. I mean, it doesn't even matter the town, but I'd, I'd like to tell you just so we know. And then there's this cafe. And uh, and local cafes always shock me. Now, Alex, I'm not I'm not the business master. And always, I've always, I've always thought about this. When people start restaurants, did they have, did they have an original idea for a restaurant? Did they have some kind of family recipe that they worked on forever and ever, and and wanted and 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 have perfected and want to share it with the world? If that's the passion of cooking, is that something that uh, an idea that people have when they start restaurants? Because I've been to so many restaurants, to include the one I'm about to talk about, which is why I'm bringing it up. But I've been to so many restaurants where they just buy a space, go buy a, you know, a grease trap, fry cooker. Is that what you call it? Um, where you fry food, you know, maybe a grill for hamburgers. And then that's that's your idea. And you get, I'm not, listen, I'm not, then you get your idea off from uh what am I trying to say here? Like you order from the various food supply companies. I can only spit off like Sigma or whatever, right? And that's where you get your food. I'm not saying Sigma food's horrible. I'm just saying, but I'm not saying that, that you can't eat it. I'm saying though, if you, if you got a restaurant, you were trying to share with the world of mama's home cooking, and then you order off a food truck, it's disgusting. So like, you know, we stop and eat at this place called cafe and I should have known better. You can tell from the menus it's going to be gross, uh, I thought, anyway. And I was correct. I mean, if you got an idea for a restaurant, then, then, then make it successful. I mean, it's almost like people like that who started the restaurant. Did you not ever even go to places where you like the food in your life and then try to mimic that, like try to figure it out? Just it's it, anyway. I'm just disgusted because I I was trying to find I was trying to do one of those uh, diners, dives, and drive-ins things where they drive across the country uh, and then they find this this local hidden gem, right? That's what I was trying to do. And so, um, you know, we did try to go to this one, uh, but it was closed. So we go to this other, and I'm like, okay, all right, little ca- cafe in this little town. I don't know. It's probably good. There's a lot of people outside. It's horrible. Like it's horrible. It's like, uh, you know, I know so many restaurants personally where they started the restaurant, people showed up, right? It was a new thing. So you, it's not hard to have sales at first because they want to check it out. But you got to retain these people. And so, like, they used to make their food, these in particular people that I'm referring to. Like, they would make it. And, and it, <laughs> I don't even know why I'm getting all in depth about this. But it was, like, made with love, and it's, like, the famous recipes. And then you get a food sales guy that's like, I can cut your cost in half tomorrow. Oh, imagine, imagine the profits at that point. That's the worst thing you could ever do is get sold by a food salesman saying they can cut your, your 
product your what am I saying? They can cut your food cost in half. It's the worst thing ever. Oh yeah, I'm gonna bring you the Sigma truck and uh, don't make your fries anymore and use these frozen meat. Why? This is not a food show, people. Why? Why? Uh, listen, just follow the last three minutes of uh, what I'm telling you and start a uh, start a restaurant that doesn't suck. I guess that's all I'm saying. But you know, to piggyback off that thought. Sometimes people make food that they think is good and it's not good, like at all. Like it's not good. I'm telling you right now, if you, some people make their own spaghetti noodles and more power to you. I can go side note about my friend Luke and what all he does. But, uh, you know, if you're going to make noodles, then know how to make them. It's not hard. Just look it up. Stop, don't make noodles that stick together. You know, like those. <laughs> You guys remember Honey Boo Boo and they'd make Skeddy? Why do, why do I know this? I don't know. Did I watch the show before? Yes. I grew up mentally. I don't watch reality TV. I don't even watch TV shows anymore, to be honest. But I had watched a couple of those. <laughs> I think because I just, it's like it's so absurd, the train wreck. Maybe that's why I watched it. But they would make Skeddy and, uh, and the noodles were sticky. And then they would throw it on the cabinet. And that's how they knew the noodles were ready. And then they would take the noodles, put it in a bowl, put ketchup on it. Sketty. That's what they, that's what honey boo boo would eat. <laughs> now, um, she's still a child. I think I still think she's a, a uh, she's probably, I don't know. She's probably below 18. So I, I don't want to talk about honey boo boo, uh, and her habits, but, uh, I'm sure she, I'm sure she looks good still. Uh, I'm sure she looks real healthy for her age. Uh, the, just uh, have a plan. See, not my buddy. I, I've never met anybody like him, to be honest. He makes everything from scratch. He's I don't know. He's been making sourdough for however long from his original sourdough starter. And I only know that terminology because of him. Uh, he makes his own cheeses. He makes his own noodles. Uh, now he grows his own vegetables. Now he, the, you know, that, that's, that's an extra kind of love. Now, if this guy started a restaurant, uh, it would be unbelievable because he, he's ate food in his life and, and, and he would never do it from a food truck. So there you go. There, there's the initial plug for whatever successful restaurant he has one day. You know, speaking of lake things, which I had talked about earlier, uh, inner tubing, I kept calling what I was. What was I calling it earlier? Sledding. Yeah, I was calling it sledding earlier. Um, you know, I'm I'm getting to the point in my life where I think I want to start going back to the lake. Those, those are things I did as a kid. Now I talked about it last week, so I'm not I really was talking about the creek. But when I got a little older, I like to go to the lake. Uh, a couple of my friends had boats. My cousin uh, has had jet skis. One? Did he have one? I, yeah, that's right. I think he had one. And I remember we'd, we'd take that out all the time. And it was uh, and it was great. I, I I do think those things are fun. It would be fun to go sledding. Of course, in the lake where I'm from. Not not uh, where the gator's going to get you if you fall out. Uh, even, even alligator gar they're not going to gnaw your leg off not at least i don't know if there's ever been an alligator gar attack ever in in my life or in the history of the world that i know of i mean 
I say that, so I'm sure I, I could be corrected. Once again, I don't – I'm not researching these facts before it comes out of my head. I'm just saying what's in my head. I'm sure I could find one, but I've never heard of it. Um, so that's the only thing in my head where I'm like, oh, gosh, please don't let there be an alligator guard rip my leg off. But I don't think that's the thing. Anyway, so I, I, I would like to go tubing. I think that would be a cool thing. I spent so long not doing that uh, that – and, but as a kid, I would do it, and now I have kids that are like 8 and 11, and I, th- I just think that they would like that kind of stuff. I th- would think they would think it was awesome. You know, I just hope that uh, that they would be safe. Like, you know, for instance, my cousin, he, he had this jet ski I talked about, and so I remember back in the day, <laughs> you know, like we're going to Grand Lake. It's this really big lake where we're at, and there's, uh, there's yachts out there, and there's fine like fancy boats uh all all kinds of awesome boats right so it's it's a pretty uh you know it's a richer community around there and you don't have to be rich to go there it's the best part about the lake but there's 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 a lot of things there a lot of money and so my cousin we hauled this jet ski up now we loved it i'd ride on the back all the time all over the lake we thought it was fun and you'd go to like the random uh the random like party spots on the cove or uh look i'm just uh, dripping springs monkey island you go to all these different places and, and it was cool well me and my cousin met these two girls uh on the lake and so uh, we talked it was like hey you want to go ride on the jet ski remember there's just one though so it's like odd times so uh, when you're a kid, this is what you do. And listen, girls, this is what happens when you're when you're a guy. And there's two girls, there's two of you. This is the secret conversation that takes place in the car. Like, hey, see those two girls over there? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, what do you think? He's like, yeah, sounds cool. I'm like, all right, which one do you want? That's how that. <laughs> now this is assuming that they even like you, but this is adolescent boys talking here, right? So I'm like, so uh, which one you? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you, which one are you going to go after? He's like, oh, that one. I'm like, okay, I'll take the other one. So, you know, we get out there and we're flirting as hard as we can, I guess. It's hard flirting, is that a word? Uh, it's just let them know. We got, yeah, ladies, couple guys right here, one jet ski. Um, so, we're, yeah, it's cool. You know, he's a funny guy. I thought I was a funny guy. They laughed. It was fine. So, he's, like, taking this girl around, and they're riding on the on the lake there. And then it's my turn uh, to ride on the uh, on the jet ski. A couple things happened at that moment. I'm just really waiting for this big punchline to say that I hope my kids don't do this. But uh, we're, I drove out there. Is that right? Jetted out there. I jetted out there. Hear what I did there? Uh, I was jetting around on the water, and then she's like, "Hey, can I can I jet around?" <laughs> like, sure. So I sat in the back. Um, at fifty three miles an hour, that was the last mile per hour I saw as she turned uh, the steering uh, column as hard right as she could, and it launched me and that random girl. I have no idea who it is. This is a one day deal here. And uh, it knocked the breath out of her, and she was kind of crying. And I was so mad. I was mad. I was, like, furious uh, that, that that had happened. And, I, like, I didn't feel sorry for her crying at all. I'm glad it hurt. What an idiot. Who turns the handle hard right at 53 miles an hour in this jet ski? Uh, so, anyway, so I, I get back. I get the key. I'm mad. I'm like, get on. And uh, so 
So I'm driving back to the thing. She was the chubbier one anyway. I'd had enough of it. So I was like, get, get. I'll like drive back to the, to the thing anyway. So I'm like riding around, um, to the dock. I drove back to the dock. So I'm riding around here and I'm going to be cool because my cousin would drive at the dock, turn his wheel, a, a steering column. He would turn the steering column and he would splash water up on the dock. Right. And he was doing it and, uh, it'd be a lot of water on you. And like, you know, it's like he was, uh, looked super cool when he was doing it. So then I got on, I got on the, on the jet ski. So I'm going to make a run at being super cool too. And so, uh, I'm driving, so, so I'm driving out there and I'm headed for the dock, you know, pretty fast, maybe 30 miles an hour. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> and then I turn the steering column, um, except for, uh, I continue to go straight because if you know anything about jet skis, apparently, uh, you're supposed to still hold down the throttle when you give it a hard left or right. So that way it fishtails. Um, if you let off the gas, uh, you're just going like 30 miles an hour at the dock and you can, t- <laughs> you can turn the steering column, uh, any direction you want 30 times. <clears throat> uh, if you let off the gas, it doesn't matter. And so I ramped his jet ski up on the dock, put a small little hole in it, and uh, I don't believe <laughs> I don't believe it rode the same ever again. Not sure if it ever rode again. Um, and uh, he wasn't happy about it. He was trying to be he wasn't happy about it, but still trying to be cool because we're in front of these couple of people we didn't know, and uh, yeah, it didn't work out. So I just hope that uh, it, if I go to the lake and I get uh, my daughters start jet skiing around, I think we're going to have to have a crash course first. As a matter of fact, I just told you that story. I just now told you that story, and I'm going to blame it on my cousin for not giving me, uh, hey, if you're ever going to fish tell it, you got to make sure you, you hit the gas. I'm blaming it on him. It's not even my fault. Aaron, that's your fault. You should have you should have had the class. Uh, I'm going to give my daughters defensive jet ski defensive driving school before I get out there, uh, on the lake. But, uh, anyway, you know, the older I get and, and, uh, I got people now, people my age are starting to go to the lake. Uh, they probably always have, but some of my personal friends are like getting back out there and it looks fascinating. So now I want to do it. A couple things before I get off here, of course, put Pete Rose in the hall of fame. There's always that. And, uh, you know, go, go make dreams happen. People one love. This episode is dedicated to my friend and neighbor, Scott Metter. He passed away last week and will be very much missed. So rest in peace, Scott.